0: We're doing a series on the book of Proverbs, gonna learn about how to have wisdom. How many of you, just by a show of hands, look back in your former years, maybe your younger years, and look back and wish that you knew then what you know now? Anybody <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say should be 100 percent hand raised, all right. I mean look back and you would like to go slap your former self for some decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or at least go go have a let me go have a cup of coffee with myself. I mean, go, go, go share some wisdom with your 20-year-old self or with your 15-year-old self or maybe your 40-year-old self, I don't know, and have some, some, some conversation. And I think all of us probably would look back at our lives and know that there's some decisions that were in our lives that were not quite the best decisions, and we wish that we would have had a little bit more wisdom on that decision that we made. And so I thought um, I would give a couple examples of, of what, I, what, I'm, what I'm talking about. So the first one up is a, is a picture here of a husband and wife, and she's got the car keys. That, just that alone can be some issue, but uh, I'm joking, I'm joking. So they're walking, I want you to imagine here the story of they're, they're driving off of a brand new, uh, brand new car off of a dealership, um, and I want you to think about this. They're, 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 they're excited, new vehicle, amazing, it's awesome. But what they don't realize is, is you got to go and take this home. But now, the next month, you're actually going to have a monthly payment now. And, and by the way, it's going to have interest added on it. And by the way, you're going to be paying on this thing probably till Jesus comes back. Um, this thing's going to be falling. Come on, somebody who's still paying off a vehicle back in the day. So, Or you got to try to hurry up and get rid of it. It looks nice. It smells nice. You're driving, looking awesome until it starts falling apart. And then you realize, I'm still paying for this thing right how about this one how many how many remember these oh, yeah. how many would like to go back and tell you some tell yourself a little bit something about some of these and anybody still dealing with some of these right now come on let's be honest right here these these can be of the devil if they're not handled correctly, that, that of course Visa and MasterCard says whatever you want. It's like free money, right? Free money. I mean, just go. Just swipe it. Just swipe it. What you don't realize is, yeah, they also tack on 18 to 20% that you'll be paying on, which by the way, if you want $5,000 and charge 18 to 20%, I'll loan it to you after service and then I'll charge you 18 to 20% and you can pay me. But this is what we do. And, and, and if you're in the college years, stay away. Stay away, because you may be paying on these for a long time. All right, cash is better. Okay, so l- this is another one that I was thinking of. Somebody that just needed some wisdom. Just need to a- come on, somebody. i read reading. I mean, know this guy regretted this decision. This this brother needed somebody in his life that at least had a spell check. You know, something. I mean, I don't know if this is a tattoo guy. I don't know if he looked it up the wrong person. I don't know if this is how he spelled it. But whatever, this, is, this, is temp, this, is, this isn't temporary. This is permanent. But I guarantee he regretted that decision. And, and I wanted to show you a last one. And I wanted to make it a little personal so you can kind of see. I've had some decisions. There's been some decisions in my life that I've actually regretted, And I wish I wouldn't have done. And so I want, I want to show you. i got a little video for you. Our, yeah, the swimming) But it I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> try me! Try me! Try <laughs> me! You almost <laughs> broke my freaking neck. Oh my god! 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 You're welcome, baby. (laughs) So let me just say, I wish I would have had somebody in my life at that time say, after you've worked out that morning and you or squatted a good bit, and then to go that night and tell your wife, you know what, I could squat you too. That probably wasn't the wisest move ever. Which by the way, I didn't show the video, I did eventually get it right. She did let me try again, Um, but I broke her neck. And so we're still dealing with chiropractor issues right now, but it's all good. I mean, you know, you know, the good news is that we do have a book in the Bible that is totally focused on wisdom, on helping us get the wisdom that we need to make good and wise decisions, and it's the book of Proverbs. It was written by a guy by the name of King Solomon. Actually, if you have your notes with you, uh, you can go ahead and just kind of pull those out. If you do, you follow along. We encourage you to, to take notes alongside with us. Wise people take notes, by the way. Just want to let you know that. And uh, this is what it starts in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, starts off this way. It says, "...there, was, there are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel." So King Solomon is the one who wrote this book. Just a, a really quick recap of who King Solomon is. King David's son uh, is named King Solomon. He's now the new, new king. And he was the wisest, the richest, and the most influential man who ever lived next to Jesus. This was a man who put all of his influence and all of his wisdom downloaded into this one book. How many of you would believe that if the wisest man wrote a book, we probably should read it? How many think so? Okay, I agree too. That would be like if we were hosting a financial conference and I was one of the speakers and Dave Ramsey was one of the speakers and you could choose to go to hear me or hear Dave, who are you going to hear? Yeah, don't say me. Okay, (laughs) don't say me. Dave, you go here, Dave Ramsey. That's the man who's got so much wisdom when it comes to money. And the same is true with Solomon. Next to Jesus, he was the wisest man that ever walked on the planet, and he penned together a book, 31 chapters of wisdom. And so we are going to spend the next six weeks, all the rest of the summer, diving into how do we gain wisdom in our lives. Now, here's the reason he wrote it. Uh, Proverbs chapter one, now look in verse two. The purpose of this book, watch, is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people, now watch this, to live disciplined and, what's that, what's those two words? Say it one more time successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. This book was written to help you succeed. That is the whole reason that Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote this book, to teach you, to help you, to be successful. Now, 23 times I don't know if you're like me, I love random little facts about books, I I study different books of the Bible and I found out that 23 times in the book of Proverbs, Solomon writes this, my dear son, listen to my words, my dear son, listen to my words, my dear son, 23 times all throughout the book, some chapters got it multiple times in one chapter. It's as if Solomon is writing a life journal for his son. Son, when I pass on, if there's anything I want you to know, go to the book. And so Proverbs is full of wisdom. Here's what I love about Proverbs, though it's not only powerful, but it's extremely practical. In Proverbs, they talk about your tongue. In Proverbs, they talk about your work. In Proverbs, they talk about difficult people. In Proverbs, they talk about money and marriage and how to parent kids. and and your attitude, and it talks about a whole list of things, which, by the way, we're going to talk about all of those, your work and your relationships and your words and so many other things throughout this series. But today, we need to start with something that I think is huge. See, this verse says that Proverbs is meant to help you have successful lives. Now, I want you to understand this. Success is relative. What do I mean by that? Well, how many of you know someone who's rich? How many just know somebody, they're, they're, they're rich, they got, they got a lot of money? Okay, if you were to go ask that person, are you rich, they would tell you no. You know why? Because they would tell you somebody else who's richer, right? They would say, no, no, I'm not rich. You want to know who's rich? And they would point to somebody else who's got more money than them. See, because success is... Uh, it, it's, it's not the same for every person. It's relative. Maybe for you, you don't feel rich, but how many know you compared to someone probably in Africa, how many know you are rich, right? It's relative. And so success, though, in the world's eye is different than success in God's eyes. So when, when you read this and you go, oh, great, Proverbs is going to help make me be successful, and you think successful is a lot of money, Big cars, big houses, great stuff. When you think that way, that's the wrong way. The way he meant to put it when Solomon put successful lives, what he means is, is that every area of your life has success. Success in God's eyes is when you accomplish the mission he put you on earth to do. That is success, which means you may not have money to do it, but you fulfill all that God's called you to do. How many of you know? I know people right now that are rich and miserable. Anybody? They're. In the world's eye, they would think they're successful, but in, in, honestly, in their eyes, they would tell you, I'm miserable. And then I know people who have no money and are truly successful. Y- y- y'all tracking with me? Everybody tracking with me? So this whole series is designed to help you and I get success in all the areas of our life that matter, parenting and work and relationships, our attitude, our heart, all of these things. So if Solomon was sitting down with us Today, after dinner, we, after church, we go, we go sit down at La Rumba. King Solomon, that's where we would go. And so we sit down, order some fajitas. I think this is what King Solomon, the first thing he would tell me, and I think it would be the first thing he tells you, is this, get, write this down, get wisdom. Get wisdom. See, everybody is trying to get something. People are trying to get a career, people are trying to get money, some of you on here are trying to get a husband, some of you are trying to get a wife, some of you are trying to get get a kid, some of you are trying to get, we're all trying to get something, everybody's trying to get something. And if Solomon was sitting down with us, he would say, before all of that, you need to make sure you get wisdom. And why do I know he would say that? Well, because he wrote it, watch. Proverbs chapter four now, in verse seven, says this, everybody say these first two words. Say it again. Above all and? Before all. Say it again. Before. Okay, above all and before all, which means this is supreme. This is the first. Ready? Do this. What? Get wisdom. Give wisdom. Psalmist says, hey, listen, before you do anything, above all things, before anything, you know what you need to do? You got to get you some wisdom. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. How many list people? Anybody here love lists? You love lists? I love lists. My favorite thing is lists. I love it. At the top of it, you need to write, get understanding. You need to get some wisdom. You need to get some understanding. And we get information all day. I think actually one of the things that our culture really struggles with is the fact that we are overloaded with information. We get information from everywhere, right? Sometimes you just got to shut something. How many know it's just nice sometimes to not have your phone? Come on, can I get an amen on somebody? Just like, man, I forgot my phone at home. Oh, well. (laughs) It's just kind of nice, you know, to not have this thing buzzing constantly. We're just constant information overload, 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 overload. We're getting getting facts and we're getting knowledge and we're getting stuff. The problem is we're not getting wisdom, though. And there is actually a very big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Because when I say get wisdom, you immediately think, well, I just need to get smarter. But that's not the truth. Th- that's knowledge. You need to get knowledge, gain facts, but wisdom is something that's totally different. Let me show you the difference, okay? This this may help you. Knowledge knows what to say, wisdom knows when to say it. Right, let, maybe put let me put it even another way. Wisdom knows if you should say it. Yes, right. Come on, every every wife in here said amen on that one. <laughs> so knowledge is I know what I should say, but wisdom is should I say it right now? Um, should I even say it, how do I say it, All that's wisdom. Are y'all with me here? Practical side. Let me show you another one. Knowledge constructs the Titanic. Wisdom avoids the icebergs. Okay? L- let me show you another one. Knowledge knows it's 45 miles to Lafayette. Wisdom says you better get some fuel because the fuel light's on. Come on. I wrote this one for me, by the way. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Come on. Anybody got the countdown of the miles? And you're like calculating in your mind. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's about 17 miles, and it says 18 on there. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Okay. So wisdom says you, get, you need to get some gas. All right. Let me, let me show you the next one. Knowledge understands God. Wisdom walks with God. So there's a bunch of people in here. Maybe, maybe you're one of them where you, you know all about God. I mean, we're in the South. Everybody in the South knows about God. Um, You've been at church and whatever, based off of whatever denomination you've been in, and we all learn about God. Maybe you've been to Sunday school and, you know, had grandmas or parents that taught you the ways of God, and you know a lot about God. The problem is you can know God and not know God. You can know about God but not know actually how to be with him. And so wisdom is how do we walk with him every single day? How do we hear his voice and how do we respond to him? This is what wisdom is. And so Proverbs chapter 8 now says, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Any, any Lord of the Rings fans? My precious. All right, so that's Gollum right there. He wanted the ring. Solomon would say, forget the ring, go for wisdom. Wisdom is precious. Look, at, it says this, nothing else you could ever want is as what? Value. Is as valuable. The greatest value that you have is to get wisdom. It's, it's greater than what's in your checking account it's greater than the stuff that you possess it's greater than anything wisdom is the greatest thing now i'm going to tell you why it's the greatest thing because when you get wisdom it actually raises the level in every other area of your life when you get wisdom your parenting gets better when you get wisdom your finances get better when you get wisdom your relationships get better when you get wi- y'all with me everybody tracking with me we get wisdom we get better this is how it works so proverbs speaks about three types of people, okay? So as we're reading through this throughout this series, start taking note of these. You'll start seeing them. They're all throughout the scriptures, but I want to introduce you to them. Three main characters in this movie called Proverbs. Let me introduce you to the three main characters. Number one, the fool. I pity the fool. All right, so <laughs> Come on, you're looking like i Mr. T. All right, I pity the fool. I'm gonna tell you why you pity the fool. You pity the fool because a person, he is a person who does not heed wisdom. That is a fool. Is a person who does not heed wisdom. Let me show you some scriptures. There's tons of them by the way in Proverbs, but I'm going to give you two of them. First one, Proverbs 12:15, fools think their own way is right. That's what a fool does. I know this. I got this. Okay. Fool. All right. Proverbs 1:7, fools despise wisdom and discipline. All right. So fools, how, how many of you look back at your high school, your college years, and go, all the big trouble you got in was because you were hanging out with? How many of you know some fools? Okay, don't, don't nudge them, don't look, okay, don't look at them, all right? But we just know some people that, I, in high school I got in the biggest trouble because I was just hanging out with fools. And I'd always tell my mom, man, my mom, they're just, they're, that's just them. And she's like, you the fool, you are the fool. You the fool for hanging out with fools. And so there's the fool. All right, let me give you the second one, is the mocker. There's different words for this, the scoffer, um, the wicked, uh, depending on what translation you, you, you read, but <clears throat> the mocker is the second one. This is, this is a person who hates wisdom. So there's one who doesn't heed wisdom, just doesn't want to listen to you, I got my own way, I can do it myself, I don't need you, I don't want to listen to you. Then the mocker is, he, he actually hates wisdom. This is what scripture says in Proverbs chapter nine. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults, and whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Watch this. Do not rebuke mockers. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Because they're going to hate you. And let me show you how this plays out in your life on Facebook. There are people who put comments that are stupid, Come on, anybody in here? There will be people that will put stuff under your profile, to your picture or to your thing, and they just to stir you up. Right? Here's what King Solomon says: Don't comment back. Don't do it. Shut your mouth. Because here's what's going to end up happening: You're going to be like, "Well, let me tell you." <laughs> jou, 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 jou. And how do you know that mocker is not going to be like? oh, well, thank you for putting me in my place. I appreciate you. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh, really? Well, let me, bum, 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 bum. this is about the politics or bum, bum, bum. this is about religion or bum, bum, bum. this is about her. Can you believe? Bum, bum? And it'll go, just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And guess what? You look like the fool because they did what they wanted to do, which is just stir you up. But if you shut up, then they'll shut up. And so I just gave y'all some really good advice right there. So, and by the way, I do patrol your Facebooks. I just want to let you know. So I only say these things because I see them. So the mocker, number three, the wise. This is what we want. So we got the fool, doesn't heed, he doesn't heed wisdom. We got the mocker, he hates wisdom. And then we got the wise is a person who is hungry for wisdom. Now watch what scripture says to this. So Solomon says, if you instruct the wise, watch what happens. They will become what? They'll become wiser. And and, and if you teach the righteous, they're gonna add to their learning. That, That if you correct them and teach them and shape them, that they'll say, give me more, give me more. I wanna get better. Help me. I love this. Thank you. Appreciate that. This is what the wise do. Over the past month, it's been, it's been kinda cool because I've, <clears throat> I've been traveling a lot this last month, visiting different churches and going on different trips and all this stuff, and, and so I haven't been here really much. I, our office staff has maybe sent me two or three days in the last month, and so I've been out a lot, but it's been cool because people, I've had different people, I've had three people actually within the last month text me or message me um, that this month was their one year anniversary of our church. Now, for those that don't know, um, usually every couple of weeks, I'll kind of put out a challenge to our church, which is to give us a year. And that if you're new here, give us a year, go all in, just go through next step, get in the life group, join the dream team, just serve, get plugged in, give us a year. And at the end of the year, if you've done everything to just be all in and your life's not different, that we're going to, I'll pick up and go to a different church with you. i make a guarantee like that because I believe that God changes people's lives here. It's not me. I just, I know he does. And this, this just this month, I've, I've had a couple people reach out to me and just say, I just want to tell you, I, it's, it's been a year and my marriage is nowhere where it used to be. And man, my, my, my life and my relationship with God is greater. I, I had a guy who reached out to me that um, a little over a year ago, um, well, actually he texted me a couple weeks ago and he says, hey, today's my my one-year anniversary, uh, or my anniversary for my, my, my marriage. A year ago, I texted you, do you remember? And I said, yeah, I do remember. See, a year ago, this guy had texted me because he had just found out that his wife had been cheating on him. He had been, they had been, him and his wife had been coming to our church, and they, he, she had cheated on him, and, and he, was, he was struggling with it. And, and I, I, I kind of talked him off the ledge. Man, be faithful, love her. God can restore anything, I'm telling you. But you need to get plugged in. They were just they were just showing up to church. They were not a part of our church. They they would say they were, but they just showed up. They didn't get involved. So I said, Man, get through next step. Go and get in a life group. You need to go through freedom. So they did. So the text that I got three weeks ago was he said, I just want to tell you thank you. It's been a year now since that happened. And our marriage is greater than it's ever been before. God's blessed me in my work more than ever before. My kids. I'm I'm a better dad than I've ever been before. And come on, I'm going to say praise Jesus on that one. This is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus does. Hey, but listen, he could have been the fool and said, I don't want to hear that. He could have been the mocker and said, no, forget you. you you, Y'all aren't going to help me. But you know what he was? He was the wise. He said, all right, if that's what you feel I need to do, I'm going to do it. And he did it. And you read the rewards of it. And so I'm going to tell you right now, uh, let me show you how this works, all right? Uh, this, is, this is extra notes, okay? Extra. For those who love extra. I love extra. Correct the fool, and they're going to ignore you. They're going to ignore you. Any parents in the house? Yeah. Any of you have corrected your children, and they have ignored you? Any, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Next time they do that, just look at them and go, fool. You a fool. Okay? No, don't do that. I don't know how that'll go, but I'll try it out. I'll let you know. And so, this is, this is what the Bible says. And actually, if you look all throughout Proverbs, the, all throughout Solomon is saying, son, listen to my words. Son, listen to my words. Son, listen to my words. It's going to go well for you if you listen to my words. What is he saying? If you don't listen to my words, you a fool. You're a fool, so if you correct the fool, they're going to ignore you. Watch, watch what else happens. If you correct the mocker, they're going to hate you. That's the Facebook thing. You try to correct them, they don't like you. They hate you. But watch this. If you correct the wise, though, they're going to thank you. That's how you know you're dealing with someone who's wise. Is because when you bring correction to them or you bring up something, they say, thank you for telling me that. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Now, let's be honest. When you get corrected, anybody want to at first say thank you? No, at first you're going to be like, who do you think you are? Your marriage ain't perfect, either. you know. You want to go off, but the truth is, a wise person would say, "Thank you, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that." All right. So these are the three people. So here's the question: Which one are you? Don't give me the answer. You can, you might, you might can ask your spouse. Maybe not. It's going to be a. Uh, it's it might be a hard answer. Can I can I be honest with you though? I think there's a little fool, a little mocker, and a little wise in all of us, right? There's days where I'm, I'm wise, and then there's days I'm a fool, and there's days I'm the mocker, and so I, I kind of bounce from those things sometimes, and I'm going to tell you, I want to stay in the wise lane. I want to stay in the wise lane, so, so here's the big question. How do I get wisdom? All right, we're going to land this plane. Let's get practical here. How do I get wisdom? Wisdom. I'm gonna give you two. There's so many, by the way. There's way more than I have time to, but I'm gonna give you two because I feel like these two are the most important. Number one is to fear God. Fear God. What, what are you talking about? Well, let me, let me explain it to you, okay? So here's, here's the Proverbs, ready? Proverbs chapter nine says, the fear of the Lord is the what? The is The beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All right, so this is what I'm not saying. When I say fear, the, fear God, fear the Lord, I'm not saying the fright of God. I'm not saying to be scared of God. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't know about you, but I was raised in a church way back in the day when the pastor would preach and he was preaching like he lived in hell. Or he's trying to send you there or something. He was like, you need to repent. Get down here now. God is so mad at you. And like you're running to the altar. You're like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I talk back from my mom. I'm so sorry. You know, it's like, and he is like screaming at you. and Like, you need to. And I, I've watched services where the pastor's like, and you. And he's like calling names out. You. You're a gossip. And you're, and I'm like, oh my God, I would never go to that church. But I've seen it. I've seen the YouTube videos, you know, (laughs) they calling things out, calling people out, calling all that. And it's like a fear of God, like you need to be scared of God. Like, like this is the way that I view God. If anybody's seen the Avengers, it's like Thanos sitting on the throne, like smite you, smite you, half of you gone. You know, it's like, that's how I viewed God a lot was that he was ready just to like take me out and that I could never please him. I could never do enough. Anybody felt like that? You just could never do enough to please him. And so, so we, oftentimes when we think of the fear of God, we think of that like, oh, I need to be scared of God. So that's one side. But the church, unfortunately, has swung to another side, which is we've gone from legalism, which is you need to do this, and if you don't do this, God doesn't love you, and if you do that, God's going to put cancer on you and all this junk, which is not true. But then the church has taken it, and they've taken this penalty, and they swung to the other side, which is now what I would call license, which is God is so loving, God is so forgiving, you can live however you want. Do whatever you want. Be whoever you want. God loves you. He'll always be there for you. He'll never leave you, which is true. He never leaves you, and he does love you. But how many know that's also not the case? It's not now licensed to live however you desire to live. He is still Lord, which means we swing back here to the middle, which is that Jesus, Jesus was full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. When the, when the adulterous woman was caught in adultery, and they were, she was thrown at Jesus' feet, and the Pharisees were like, what you going to do with her? She needs to be stoned. That was the legalism. That was the, that was the truth side. She did need to be stoned. That was the, yes, she is wrong. But then Jesus sits stands down and says, whoever's without sin, go ahead, you cast that first one. And all the guys stop dropping their rocks, and they walk away. And Jesus looks at the woman and says, your sins have been forgiven. Now go and sin no more. So he did forgive her, and he was loving. But he did also say, don't do this again. Are you all with me here? Is everybody with me? And I'm going to tell you, the, the, the church is in one, usually in one of these two extremes. You come into a church, and it's all like, you need to do this. And if you don't do this, God doesn't love you. And so people are like performing for God. And then they just get so frustrated because they can't perform enough. I was there. And then you swing to the other side, and it's like, just come on in. God just loves you for who you are. Just be whoever you want to be. You can sleep with your wife. You can sleep. Yeah, you should sleep with your wife. Um, that's a good thing to do, by the way. Do that. Don't sleep with another man's wife. Okay, that's enough. That's where I was going. I got a little too fast. I'm getting dizzy on this swing. So... <laughs> And here's, here's what I need you to know. Your view of God will determine your relationship with him. So if you view God as he's always mad at you and he's always waiting to smite you, and he's always, then you will never come to him. Let, let me ask you, when you're mad at your children, which, come on, we've all been there, and then you call your kids and they don't come, you know why they don't come, right? Because they know, I'm about to beat you. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Okay? So like when I call my kids, when I call them, hey, 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 oh, dad, oh, you were calling me? Yeah, I was calling you for like five minutes. Well, they knew, they heard, they didn't want to call, they didn't want to come because they knew that I was upset at them. We do the same thing with God. It's why people don't come to church for a a month or six months or a year because they're like, man, if God knew what I did, he does know what you do. I know, he would just be so mad at me. I mean, I think I'd make the church burn down. No, that's what the church is for, for broken people. Okay, this is what we do. If you're broken, welcome. But he loves you enough to accept you as you are, but he loves you enough not to keep you as you are. So your marriage is broken, and yeah, that's all right. It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. So we want to move. Y'all with me here? You come in here, you got an addiction, that's okay. But don't stay there. Let's get healing. Let's get some help. Your marriage is broken, that's okay. Don't stay there. Let's get it, all right? The problem is when you stay there. That's where the problem is. Is everybody with me? So, So let me help you here, all right? This is gonna be so helpful. Here, let me give you a working definition of the fear of God that you won't forget. You're not gonna forget it. It's a formula. Love God plus respecting God equals fearing God. Loving God plus respecting God equals fearing God. Let me, let me show you how this works. I love that God is my heavenly father, but I also respect him as a righteous judge. I love God that he can forgive and cleanse and heal, but I also respect that he is a consuming fire. I love that God is a good father, but I also respect that he is a father who will still correct me, are y'all with me? So a, so a healthy fear is when you love God, but you also respect him. And I'm gonna tell you, it's very dangerous right now in church culture because there's a lot of people who wanna love God and receive love for God, they just don't respect him. Because they, they say things like, yeah, I love God, I'm gonna do whatever, I, 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 I want God, I wanna receive God's love, but I'm, I'm still gonna sleep with my boyfriend and I'm still not gonna get married and I'm still not gonna do what he wants me to do. Well, then guess what? You don't fear God. I, I want God to bless me. God bless me, open up the windows of heaven. I'm not gonna tithe. I'm not gonna give anything to you, God. Well, I'll tip you here and there, just so I can keep you in good grace. I want heaven. God, I want heaven, I want heaven, I want heaven. God, God have a relationship with me, God, speak to me, God, give me direction. I don't want to get in in your word. I don't want to get in a life group. I just want to show up to church. I really don't want to get involved. Are y'all with me here? I know I love you, but if I didn't love you, I I wouldn't tell you this. And some of you right now love God, you just don't respect him. And so if you don't respect him, you don't fear him. And if you don't fear him, you're not gonna get any wisdom. Is, Is everybody with me on this? Okay. And so I'm just telling you, this is where you're at. Some of you have areas of your life that are unsubmitted to God. Fear of God is when we submit to, let me, I I wrote a a definition of it. The greatest fear of, the greatest evidence of the fear of God is obedience to God. The greatest evidence of the fear of God is obedience to God. Which, by the way, and I got to wrap this up. Fear of God is not a bad thing, it's the best thing. Let me show you. Let me show you. This is what scripture shows. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Is that good or bad? That's good, right? We want life. Want life? Want life. Want life more abundantly. And it brings security. Good? Yes. And protection. Good? Yes. Protects us from harm. So the fear listen. If you bought into the lie that the fear of God is bad, you have bought into the wrong form of the fear of of God. The fear of God brings life, brings security, brings protection. It brings all of the promises and the goodness of God, which by the way, there's like 20 other verses that talk about what the fear of God brings into our life. So when I love God and I respect God and I have the fear of God, it brings all of this into my life. How many of you want some of that? Y'all want some of that? And so I'm, I'm telling you, let's not subscribe to the customized Christianity where we just take the parts of God that we like and we get rid of the ones that we don't. Which, by the way, if your God always agrees with you, you're not serving God, you're serving you. Because the real God will disagree with you all the time. All right, so number two is ask God. So number one is fear God, number two is ask God. You wanna get wisdom, you wanna know how to get it? We gotta fear God, but then we gotta ask God. Solomon, by the way, who was the wisest man that ever lived, was not born wise. You know how he got wisdom? Glad y'all are asking. First Kings chapter three, this is what happens. King David is giving his kingdom over to King Solomon. Right before he ordains King Solomon, King Solomon says, you know what? I got a good idea. I need to go to church. He goes to church, goes to the temple. He brings actually an offering to the Lord, over a thousand sacrificial offerings to the Lord, a big one, which by the way, if you want something from God, it's very important for you to bring something to him. And he goes to God and he brings an offering to the Lord and he worships God there. And it says that that night, watch what happens. That night after he spent time in God's presence, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And watch what he asked him. Hey, what do you want? How many many would like God to ask you that question? What do you want? Now watch God, watch, ask it and I'm going to give it to you. Man, think about all the things that he could be asking for. It's like a a genie that's got to, you know, make a wish. Whatever you want, whatever you want, just ask it. Well, people in our society nowadays would be, I want popularity or I want money or I want, you know, something. And it would usually be self focused. But I want you to see what actually Solomon asked for. Watch. He says, Give me what? An understanding heart. You know what that is? Give me wisdom. Now, watch why he's asked for it. Give me wisdom so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. How many know that was a good answer? Good answer. Give me wisdom so I can help manage the people that you have given me. Now watch God's response in verse 9. So I'm going to give you what you asked for. I'm going to give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever and will have. And I will also, now watch this, I'm going to also give you, though, what you did not ask for. So this is what God says. Because you ask for the right thing and not the wrong thing, even though the wrong thing is a right thing, you ask for the right thing, I'm going to still give you the wrong thing and make it the right thing. Everybody track with me on that one? I don't even know if I tracked myself on that one. So The wrong thing would have technically been for him to ask for riches and fame. But he asked for the right thing, which was wisdom, but God still gave him the riches and fame. And he says, no other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. How did Solomon get wisdom? He just asked for it. He just asked for it. Look what James says. James says it this way. If you need wisdom, what's the next word? Ask. Ask. Our generous God, and he's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you. This is what God has called us to do. I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said, knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is vertical. It comes down from above. And I was thinking about this, and we're gonna get way more into this in the coming weeks, but oftentimes when we're asking God for wisdom, God gives us answers. Sometimes it's not in the package we want it, though. How many of you have ever gotten an answer from God but it was in a package you didn't want it delivered in? Through a person you didn't want it delivered through. I, and here's what I was thinking. I think for many of us, the answer that God wants to give us when we ask for wisdom is sitting in the row beside us. I think oftentimes what we need from God, He's given it to us in the people that He's put in our lives. And so we just have to ask. We go to God and go, God, just let, let's, let's just take parenting. God, I'll just, dear God, can school start soon? Please, please, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I don't know if they're gonna make it. I don't know, you know. I'm just, like, just going through, or, uh, how many got teenagers, man? Just parenting through teenagers and parenting. Like, I don't know, God, I just need, God, I need wisdom. And God will give you wisdom. But you know what God also does? He puts people in your life that also have the same thing that are a little bit further than you. And you can go up and say, hey, I see that you got teenagers or I see that you got kids. And your kids aren't like trying to pull your hair out. It seems like, it seems like they're somewhat under control. And they at hey, least say, yes, ma'am, yes, yeah, no, ma'am. I mean, it looks like something. Could you help me? Hey, I, I, man, I see your walk with God. I see that, man, you, you just seem to have a real relationship with the Lord. It's just genuine. It just oozes all off for you. And man, I'm just really stagnant right now in my relationship with God. Can you help me? I think oftentimes the reason we don't get wisdom is because we're too proud to ask. We'll ask God, 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 give it, give it, give it. And God's going, I gave it to you. Just ask your wife. No, I don't want to ask her. I don't want to ask her. I'm asking you, I did, I gave it to you. Ask your wife, ask your husband, ask your pastor, ask your life group leader, ask, just ask someone. And there are things that God will directly download into you, but there's also, you're gonna look as we go through Proverbs, he says, there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Now watch this, we'll wrap up, we're done. Watch what this next verse says. All of the treasures of wisdom is found in what? in Him, in Him. So I want to give you a prayer that you can pray with me for the next six weeks. Ready? Here's the prayer. Pastor Jacob actually introduced me to this prayer about two years ago. He called me. We were talking on the phone. He said, Josh, he said I want you to write this down. So I wrote it down. And he says, I want you to pray this every day. So I I don't pray it every day, but pretty often. I pray it pretty often. And here's the prayer. God, give me the wisdom, the relationships, and the resources I need to accomplish it responsibilities you have given me. How many know God's given you some responsibilities? But how many know you need wisdom, you need relationships, and you need resources to make those happen? And so in this series, we're going to end all of our messages with what I call a little bit of wisdom. One nugget that you can think on. And let me give you this one nugget for today. Get wisdom, get life. Get wisdom, get life. You want life in your marriage? Get wisdom. You want life in your finances? Get wisdom. You want life in your body? Get wisdom. We need wisdom. You'll see at the end of your notes, there's a challenge. I encourage you to take it seriously. Three challenges. One, to commit to read through Proverbs with us over the next six weeks. Here's the cool thing about Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters, and most months have 31 chapters days. And so just jump in whatever day it is. I want you to jump in. What's today? June what? 24th. Yeah, y'all don't even know. 20, 24th. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. I just look at my phone. Okay. June 24th. So guess what chapter you'd read today? Proverbs twenty four. June 24th. No, Proverbs twenty four. Tomorrow you'll read Proverbs 25. And I know for all of you like atypical people, you're like, oh my God, it's not chapter one. No, you're all right. We'll get around to it. Okay. July 1st is coming soon. Okay, so Proverbs 25. Hey, listen, and we'll track through that. As a church together, we're gonna track through. We'll post some stuff on social media just to encourage you with this, but Proverbs 25 tomorrow, Proverbs 26 Tuesday, and just go on so forth and so forth. All right, let me pray over you. Father, we love you. God, we just thank you so much today for the opportunity we have. If you're here in this room and you know that there's an area of your life that, that is not submitted to Jesus, you're, you're, as we talked about, you're the one, man, I love God. I want the most of God. But there is an area over here that I've kind of said, God, that's off limits. But today, you know it's time to surrender that. If that's you in this place, nobody looking around. If that's you, say, I'm ready to surrender this part of my life to the Lord. Raise your hand right now, right now, right now, right now. If that's you, this is the Thank you, man. Dozens, dozens of hands going up. Dozens of hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, we love you. God, I pray right now for every single person that's raised their hand, that says, you know what, I I recognize there's an area in my life that's not submitted to you. God, today we, we humbly bring this before you, and we ask, give us wisdom. But God, we know when we find you, we find wisdom. When we find wisdom, we find life. And so today we come to you. You are our source of wisdom. You are our strength. God, you are all that we need. Everything that we need is wrapped up in you. So today, God, we surrender this part of our lives and ask you to come and be Lord of it. We love you today. We give you all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.